following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for the welcome uh, at your church here. Thank you, Pastor Brad. He's, he's a great guy, and uh, we love him. He's led a team two times to Rwanda, and that's a brave act. May God bless you, and thank you for introducing African New Life to your church. Um, it's been a blessing to see a lot of dreaming here, a lot of faith in this house, and to meet uh, Pastor Rex. Man, I think when I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> I, 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 I want to have that kind of energy uh, at that uh, Right, that's like caribou's energy uh, still flowing through his, his body. God is doing amazing things. Thank you for the welcome to your church here. Uh, thank you for sponsoring children with African New Life Ministries and helping us make a difference in Rwanda. Today I came with a number of people. My wife must be seated somewhere. Where is Florence? She's over there. And my son, uh, Joseph. Uh, I also came with some people from Africa New Life in Texas. Uh, Natalie is over there, our chief advancement officer. Uh, Morgan and Job, uh, they are right there, and they've been so instrumental in, in making sure I am here today, and I'm really excited to be here and to bring God's word to you. I come from the nation of Rwanda. Rwanda is right there in the middle of East and uh, East Africa and Central Africa, right there in the middle. And uh, in 1994, in my home country of Rwanda, we experienced a tragedy, possibly that has not been seen on the continent of Africa before, when we had a genocide of the Tutsi people of Rwanda. And in just 90 days, we lost nearly a million people in a small country then, which was about 7 million people. Now we are about 12, but it was really small. So over 10% was lost in a genocide. I'm glad to be alive because my dad was able to leave the country earlier and he was a refugee for a number of years. Uh, and that's why I'm here today. That's why, that's how God saved my life for this moment I'm standing in right now. And I, I praise him. Uh, but the beauty in the middle of the ashes is that I found Jesus Christ and gave my life to him. And Jesus changed my life at age 17. He changed my life. When the war ended, I returned to Rwanda in 1995 with a different eye. I remember when I first arrived in Rwanda, the country was dark. You talk about darkness because the barriers of a million people were not yet done. Dead bodies were still smelling in different neighborhoods. There were orphaned children everywhere, lost children, uh, refugees getting out and refugees getting in. And in the middle of that, this Jesus I had accepted 
I felt him calling me not to run away, but to stay. And I felt like Jesus wanted to reach out to the little children and give them a house, give them food, give them an education, and give them a future. Um, I didn't know how to do it, but I remember a few years later, I went to my newly wedded, my wife, Florence, who is over here, and we decided to help nine children in our community. And little did we know that that seed of nine children, God was going to use it to give birth to African New Life Ministries today. And later on, friends in America helped us sponsor 29 children. Out of 29 today, over 11,000 children are sponsored in Rwanda in, in different uh, in seven different communities, lives have been transformed. And we believed that God was giving us a call, a call to serve him with the two hands of the gospel. One hand is a hand to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ so clearly because without the gospel, there is no way you can bring true transformation in a community. But at the same time, to act compassionately and love the orphans and love the widows and love women who are struggling in their life and bring practical hope in their hands through education, through health care, through vocational training, through different ways that would lift up their lives. God has done amazing things. Seven churches are planted. We are about to plant more churches. We start the Africa College of Theology. I had the opportunity of coming to America, get my master's degree, get my doctorate, and as a result, God has used that to start a university, Africa College of Theology, where, thank you, where we are training redemptive leaders to preach the gospel on the continent of Africa, fully accredited by the Minister of Education in Rwanda, just like any other university. Out of amazing partnerships and mission trips, we started the Dream Medical Hospital, the second largest private hospital in the nation of Rwanda. And this year, we are celebrating 20 years of African New Life. And in those 20 years, God has done great things, great things, great things. And you know, I want to read a verse for you. This is my celebration verse for 20 years of African New Life Ministries. Because God has helped me know him much better through this ministry than ever before. Just like get to know God and what God can do and how God can bring hope and how God can transform lives and how God can bring healing and how God can push back the power of darkness and bring Jesus to be the center of a nation. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 gives me hope. Great hope. The Bible says now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we ask or think. All we ask or think. And you can, 
decide to say, imagine or dream. According to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Our God is able. Friends, we need to know him better. Because our God is able. Our God is not weak. Our God is able and strong and mighty. And our God says he can do exceedingly beyond all we can ask. I want you to ask and ask big. And, and stretch out your imagination and ask more. And ask in faith. And ask from a God you've come to know. Because really the power of your dreaming and the power of, of your asking must be in proportion to your knowledge of God. That you have a relationship with him and you know him. And because you know him, this God says, you ask, I'm going to outdo you. I'm going to do more than you can. And uh, that is the story of African new life. What I see today and what God has done to deliver not just a community, not just families, but a nation is God is power. Friends, there is a secret inside you. There's a secret possibly you don't know. And that secret that inside you lies God's power. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead and gave him life. That same power is inside you. And I want to awaken that power inside you. Because inside you, the power of the Holy Spirit resides. And that power gives us the capacity and the grace to dream big. To dream in a way that is unlimited. In fact, today, I want to talk about serving God who is limitless. Serving a limitless God. Our God has no limits. We have limits, but he has no limits. And God wants to use people like you and me who believe that God has no limits to bring glory to him, to bring glory to Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. African new life is about Jesus. This beautiful dream and ministry you see here, it is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And Jesus moves in us and his power brings transformation. And today, I am a testimony. African new life is a testimony. Those of you who have been to Rwanda and visited Africa New Life, you can see how God has actually transformed us and what was a dream is a reality. God, when you come to Africa New Life, you're going to find doctors and you're going to find nurses and you're going to find teachers and you're going to find accountants and you're going to find a policeman and you're going to find a military man. Children of the genocide that would have been without hope in darkness. Jesus stepped out in those ashes and darkness and lifted them 
out and he has given them a tremendous hope. And we, 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 we stand here, thank you very much, to celebrate those 20 years of hope and blessing and what God has done. And I want to say thank you for you who sponsor children and are standing with us to bring a transformation. But I want to bring a caution verse. Caution verse. Very important psalm which makes many of us think. Especially for you who have been around for some time and you've seen the power of God. And hopefully for the younger people in the house who are seeing the power of God. This is a very important verse and we have to be very careful not to be like the children of Israel in many ways. There are things we can learn about them but there are areas they limited God and God is unlimited. And as, he, as they limited him, they provoked him. I don't want to provoke God. I don't want to stop God from working. I don't want to stand in the way of the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to have an open house, an open heart, to do the way he wants to do things. That's why every Sunday morning I go to church, I go with an open heart, expecting God to do great things in my life and in my community. And when I go to church, I want to experience this unlimited God. Psalms 78, verse 43 says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness. I don't want to be there. And grieved him in the desert. Can you imagine grieving God? And he says, yes, again and again, they tempted God. Can you imagine tempting God? And how did they tempt him? And limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited. God had more for them. God wanted to do more for them. God wanted to show his power to the unbelievers and the nations before them. And they limited God again and again. And how did they do this? They did not remember his power. They had a short memory of what God did when he delivered them from the land of slavery in Egypt. They had a short memory when God delivered them right there at the Red Sea. God made a way where there was no way and quickly they forgot that God could not be limited even by the Red Sea. He can create a way where there is no way. Our God is unlimited. He's powerful. And they forgot that. They forgot that his redeeming power. All of us who are seated here today, we have a story of what God has done in our lives, in our families. In our children, we've seen the power of God. And this, this morning, I want to admonish you not to forget God, not to forget his power, and not to limit God, but let God be God even now. Let God be God even now. So how did they limit God's power? You know, the word limited used by King James Version makes sense. 
in that Israel diminished the expectation of our unlimited God. In this case, they limited God whenever difficult circumstances came their way. They did not believe God even after he had done great miracles. They did not believe him again. Friends, God wants you to believe him again. I said God wants you to believe him again. God wants you to dream again. Instead, we need to recognize the power of God that gives life to the power of God that changes lives. And unfortunately, just like all Israel, at times we also limit God. How do we limit God? We limit God by deliberately diminishing our expectation of his endless power to work on our behalf. We consider him less powerful than he is. We doubt his constant willingness to bless us and to deliver us. We don't remember his power. We forget the miracles he has done and the wonders. And God wants us to be awakened to his power, to his grace, to his to his working among us that we take limits of God and let God be God in our days. Especially these days for the contemporary Christians. There are many ways we limit God. And sometimes we are, we are not even conscious that we are limiting him. We are not even conscious that we are limiting him. One of the ways is that we put limits on God by our fear. Fear limits God. Fear to dream big. We fear to dream big. And as a result, we limit him. God wants to do more, but then you have all the scientific reasons why he cannot do more. You have all the strategic reasons why you cannot do more. Here is a randomly younger man in the middle of a genocide. The genocide has just ended. The entire country is completely broken. The economy is broken and the nation is hopeless, including the government. And in the middle of that, you stand up and say, God is about to do great things. Children will go back to school. Mothers will, will hold the hands of their children and take them to school. Pastors will be educated. The hungry will be fed. Miracles will happen. And all these things, I don't know where they're going to come from, but I know there is a God who cares and is about to care for his people. And he, Many days, many times people will say, you know, oh, you are an extremist. You are building castles in, in the air. But let me tell you, when God is working on your behalf, he makes those dreams a reality. 
He makes those dreams a reality. We fear that God might not do what we are asking him to do. Fear is a major limitation of our faith. Fear sets God's power to limitations like the children of Israel did. That's why in the Bible, Jesus Christ talks about the same situation. In the book of Matthew chapter 8 verse 26, Jesus said, he said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Why are you fearful? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and there was great calm. Friends, let me tell you, the world right now is in turmoil. But men and women of fear, they carry the power inside them to tell the storms to stop, to, to change the circumstances, to bring hope where there is no hope. God is looking for men and women of faith who believe that our God is unlimited and they are making a decision to put their faith in the God who is unlimited and they are looking beyond what human beings can do to what only God can do. Because our God is faithful. Every time we trust in him and put our faith in him, he truly delivers. He delivers. He has never failed us even for a single day. I strongly believe that God is raising up a new generation of younger men and women who are going to put his, their faith in him. And as a result of putting their faith in him, we are about to see exploits done in the church through the name of Jesus Christ. Again, our God is unlimited. The world around us needs to realize that my God is unlimited. The world around us needs to understand that my God is bigger than the circumference of your brain. And you cannot control God just in the circumference of your brain. He's bigger than your brain. He's bigger than your education. He's bigger than your pocket. He's bigger than your politics. He's bigger than anything you can ever imagine. Amen. Amen. They limited God because of their disobedience. Disobedience limits God. God help me. I don't want to be there. The fundamental condition of blessing in the lives of God's people is called obedience. That is fundamental. When you go back at the scriptures, every now God says, I require this from you. Walk in obedience. Keep my decrees. Keep my commands. Keep my laws. Keep my regulations. As they are written. Okay, keep them. Do this so that you may prosper in everything you do and everywhere you go. And friends, if God can find a few people who make a decision to obey him and have faith in in him and make a choice to depend on God, not themselves. I'm talking about 
total dependence on God, depending on the power of God. That is the story of the old preachers. It's the story of the revivalists. They depended on the power of God to, to, to see God do exploits. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, that text reminds us something significant. And it says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, so he said, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Grace, grace to it. When God finds a few individuals who are willing to obey him, he will give them grace. He will give them grace. When I see the work of African New Life, it's only by the grace of God. And the grace of God continues to go before us. And if the grace of God is continuing to go before us, it's going to be more than 11,000. It's going to be more than 20,000. It's going to be more than seven churches. It's going to be more than one nation. It's going to be much more than we can ever ask or imagine. Because the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit continues to work in the church even today as I speak. The Spirit of God God is not dead. He is alive. He is among us. And the call of God is that we will not limit him or grieve him, but give him liberty to work. And the last one as I finish is unbelief limits God. Unbelief limits God. In the book of Matthew chapter 13 uh, verse 58 we see unbelief in this community. And in this community Jesus said, says in Matthew 13, 58, and he didn't do many miracles. He didn't do many mighty works there because of their what? Their unbelief. Jesus was able to do more, but he couldn't do more because they limited him. They, they, they limited him by what? By their unbelief. Our unbelief limits God. What happens? We expect little, so we receive little. We limit our expectations of what God can do. I have a question for you. When you come to God in prayer, do you believe him to do what you are praying for? When you come to a church service like this, do you expect to encounter God in the worship, in the sacraments, in the word? Let me ask you more questions. Okay? Do you expect God to do miracles in the lives of your children, mothers and fathers? Do we expect God to deliver this generation and make them dreamers and builders of God's kingdom? Friends, the time has come for us to broaden our expectations. Let us expect God to show up in powerful ways and unplanned ways. And I've seen God do that in many, many lives. Today, as I finish, I want to introduce to you a younger man by the name of Chusa. Chusa, to me, is the symbol 
of what God has done in Rwanda. Chusa was an orphan, raised in one of our orphanages. He went to one of our schools, who was a sponsored student. student. Look at his life now, completely changed, transformed. Uh, Chusa's sponsor is right here, Natalie. She's become a mother to this younger man. He has just finished university here in the U.S. God has done more than, more than what he expected. For me, Chusa is a symbol of what God can do with a community of believers. A community like this. And when God finds us, he will use us to make more, many, many choosers and create a better world. Again, thank you for being sponsors. Thank you for loving our people. I want to make him, thank you. I want to make a short prayer for you. Uh, Father, I thank you for this community, for this church. Oh, thank you for the men of faith and women of faith and this family of faith you led to start this beautiful ministry to be a hope in this city and in this nation and right now in the nation of Rwanda. May you bless them. May you bless pastor, pastors here. May you bless the leadership and may you continue to show your power in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's praise God. Thank you.